0: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast.
1: Here's Jeff. My guest is Heather Mader, who has lived with an extraterrestrial, and it was one of the most amazing experiences in her life, which we're going to learn about today. Heather, thank you for joining me and welcome. Hi. So
0: first, I want to say thank you so much for having me. and I love what you do. I, I wanted to be really clear and, and say how important the work that you're doing is. And I've been really um, enjoying just watching all of it unfold on your channel. And thank you. It's important work. And I'm glad I get to be a part of it.
1: Well, thank you for that, Heather. And I, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing with us today. And with that note, how did you come to live with an alien?
0: Okay. Well, first of all, I'm just a normal person.
1: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So just a normal person. Um, I didn't realize I didn't think anything like this would ever happen to me, although I've had a lot of like spiritual experiences. Um I'm we met at a restaurant and it was the craziest thing. It was one of those moments where you meet someone's eyes and they meet your eyes. And then it's just, there's this connection. And that's how I felt. We, I was just like, Oh, I just really want to talk to you. And, and he's like, I really want to talk to you. And we talked anyway. And then we talked so much, the restaurant closed down. I mean, that's how long. And then we went back to my house. And I just felt this incredible connection to this person and it was um it was so crazy because from that moment that we met it to the next year we didn't spend any time apart really it was just like that was it it was it was you know very fast and um unbreakable i guess so um But I will say, so that started the journey of me understanding who I was dealing with. And it happened, the very first night was one of those moments where we were talking about something. And I remember looking at him and thinking, I could see he was getting excited. We were talking about something and he was getting really excited. And I saw this flash in his eye. And I thought, well, that was weird. It was like a flame almost in his eye. And I, and I thought, oh no, you know, you just, just the, the light must've just hit something a certain way. And I didn't think much of it. And we kept talking and whatever. Anyway, uh, so time went on and there was a lot of weird little things that started occurring that made me question I don't just question myself really, you know, cause you just start thinking, okay, am I going crazy? I'll, I'll start out with some of the things that were smaller first. Um, so one day we were in the kitchen and, um, and these are, I'll try to go in a timeline, but I can't always remember it exactly in a timeline, but we were in the kitchen and we were talking and, um, he said, I could, he's like, I could, he's like, I'm pretty strong. I could pick you up with one hand. And I was like, come on, <laughs> you know, like I'm a big person. <laughs> and I said, you could not pick me up with one hand. And he says, Oh yeah, I could. And I, and he's a little, he was little, a little person, like very, I would say, you know, I would want to say frail. He wasn't frail, but he was not a big stropping person. He was, you know, and so then the next, so he said, do you want me to show you? And I said, yeah. And I said, yeah, go ahead. You know? And so he, he said, okay, I want you to, he's like, I'm going to grab you right here. And he's like, and you put your hand here. And he's like, I'm not hurting you. I'm not going to hurt you or anything. I'm just going to show you. And he, and I did. And he picked me up just, just with one hand. And it was, it looked effortless. It felt effortless. And then he set me back down, and I was like, uh what the hell, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, so there was that. And then one time we were we were talking, we were talking about something, and I didn't want to answer the question. And he said, um well, he just kept pressing me to answer it, and I wouldn't, I didn't want to answer. And all of a sudden I felt something in my head being manipulated like in my brain I know that sounds crazy but I I I felt it and I um I turned around and I said stop that and he said what and I said whatever it is you're doing stop it and it's like in that moment I realized that I knew that something was happening but I didn't know what and I knew it was him And I'm also an empath too. So that could have been part of it as well is that I, I, you know, I, I often can feel what other people are doing or feel what they're feeling. I could feel him digging around in my mind for that answer. And I said, you do not have permission to do that. And then that, it stopped immediately. And that was one of those moments where I was like, okay, this is like, this is weird. Something, and then I really started paying attention to him, and I'm like, this man never, hardly ever eats food. That was another thing. It was like he ate occasionally, um, but it was very rare and not very much. And and he, <laughs> those weird to talk about, but. I don't talk about this. First of all, I just want you to know, like, this is not something I go around telling people because you know i told a, a very just a handful of people. But he would eat lemons all day long, like lemons and lemon powder and lime powder. I know that sounds weird, but like just that, and not not like oranges or anything, just like sour powder. But he wouldn't eat like. He he ate normal food just very rarely. It was strange. I started just paying He didn't sleep a lot. Um maybe an hour or two. It was almost like he was kind of going through the motions of sleep. But I I swear even I would go to bed at night and he would be up all night. And then by the time I would get up, he would be up already, you know. So it was that was some of the strange behavior I noticed. And then I think the f- the first time I really, really, really was undeniably knowing that something was going on with him was we were out taking photographs one day. And I slipped and fell on um, a railroad track and I really hurt my wrist. I mean, really badly. And we came home and, oh, I... I I was, I was crying. (laughs) I was like, what am I going to do? You know, I'm a chef and an artist. And I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make money if my hand is broken? And I was crying and everything. And um, I ended up going, I had made plans and I ended up going out to dinner anyway with a friend. And while I was at dinner, I passed out from the pain of my, (laughs) of my wrist. So it was really bad. And I went to the um, emergency room. They took x-rays and I, um, they said, yeah, you have three breaks, you know, in your wrist. So we're going to, you know, wrap it up. Um, we're going to wrap it up. And when the swelling goes down, you'll see an orthopedist, excuse me. I um, you'll, you'll see an orthopedist and, and then they'll tell you how bad it is and what they're going to do about it. So I waited, you know a certain amount of time before I went to see the orthopedist but in the meantime what happened was I came home from the ER and I was really upset and he said you know what lay down i want you just to lay down and relax and he said don't worry about it i got you and I was like okay whatever that means i thought you know he's going to pay my rent or <laughs> you know whatever um but he propped my arm up on a pillow And he said, Close your eyes. And he came over to me, and I just felt what I would describe as, um, like a pulling sensation like if you had a piece of satin, uh, laying over your arm, and if someone just lifted up that satin, there's like a, a soft pulling, and that's what I felt. I just felt this over my wrist, this soft pulling sensation and I just remember drifting away and then that's it I just don't remember anything else after that and I woke up the next day and I was like my wrist is remarkably better (laughs) you know remarkably and um I kept thinking this is crazy and he and he wasn't doing very good that day he seemed really down and, um, just low energy. And he kept staying in bed, which was unusual for him. And I asked him, I, know, are you okay? And he said, yeah, but how's your wrist? And I said, it's great. And I said, I, it's, it's really great. I feel like I don't even need the, you know, the little thing they gave me, the little sling or whatever. And anyway, I went to the um, orthopedist like a week later and he came in and he put my, uh, x-ray up next to the other x-ray And he said, well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to say. He said, I, you can see that you have breaks here. I can see the bruising, you know, left over on your arm, but I don't see any breaks. So whatever you did, keep doing it. (laughs) You know, I said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think my friend, you know, healed me. And he said, um, whatever, you know, (laughs) because they don't really believe you. And I don't think he had any words for me. And I didn't have any words for me. You know, I, I remember going home and asking him, I said, did you heal me? And he didn't answer. He, he was very evasive about those kind of questions. And so, you know, life goes on, right? I'm, I'm, I felt at that moment, that I knew that he was something, you know, and I know people can be healers and all that stuff. So I think that's what I imagined was going on. Okay. So now some of the weirder stuff. <laughs> um, One day I, so sometimes we would be talking and we would, you know, be laying in bed or whatever, I would be laying in my bed and he would come in and we would be talking and fall asleep. So it was one of those times where, you know, I was like, oh, we fell asleep. I'm sleeping. And you know how you can see a light, even though your eyes are closed, you know, you can see it through your eyelids. So I'm sleeping and I see light and I'm like, "Oh." We forgot, you know, we fell asleep talking and we forgot to turn the light out, you know. So I open up my eyes and I'm like half asleep and I realize the light is in the room and it's coming from beside me. And I look over and he is emanating this glowing light and it's just coming out of his skin. And he's like, I don't know, this far af- raised up off of the bed. So I freak out, you know, and I'm like, ah, you know, and as soon as I did that, he fell back down and the light went away. Like the second, it was like the second it was acknowledged or whatever. And then, and then he woke up and he said, what's going on? And and I was like, oh, Um, I said, you, there was light and you were up off the bed and, and, and like, you know, I'm stammering, trying to make sense of what I just saw. And he was like, oh, you must've been dreaming. And I was like, I wasn't dreaming, you know, I know when I'm dreaming, (laughs) this was not a dream. And he just didn't acknowledge that that happened. So, um, yeah. So there was that. Um, and then again, another time um, he was, he went to visit. Oh, this was another time. He went to visit a friend. He said, I have to go visit a friend of mine. She has breast cancer. And he's like, I'm going to be gone for a couple of days probably. And then I'll come back. And I said, okay. Well, he was gone. And when he came back, it was like he was so sick. I mean, just so, so, so sick. And I thought like at first I thought, you know, did you catch a cold or, you know, what had happened? But um, it occurred to me, I'm like, no, he's really sick. Like he's coughing up blood. He's blowing out blood out of his nose. He was just gray his skin color was just gray and he was sick for about um, a week or something like that and then one day it was like I just woke up and he was fine like nothing had ever happened and I and I asked him sometime later how his friend was and he said oh she's fine she's great she made it through you know and I started really, really pressing him about the healings and asking him, you know, what was going on and was he did what had he always been a healer was he he said, well, this is when he started giving me some bits of information about him. And he said, um, basically, he said, I'm not um, a healer per se, but I can, you know, leverage that and i said what are you and he's like well i'm just i'm not from here and i i thought well none of us are from here you know (laughs) like none of us are from here but i i i said what do you mean you're not from here and he said i said like are you an angel because i didn't have the vocabulary at that time this was quite a, a long time ago i didn't have the vocabulary for what i was experiencing with him and he said you know i'm not he said i don't know if angel is the right word he's i I said what are you doing here and he said i'm here kind of on punishment and i said punishment he said yeah like i did a lot of bad things and i'm here to make it up to to humanity and I said why me and he said I just he said I was definitely sent here for you and you know you're one of the people I was here for and so and that's and then it just made sense that feeling because when I had seen him the first time there was such a an unbelievable connection that could not be broken and I I can't even explain how it intense it was you know and and then he explained that and I you know is one thing about him is like the more questions I asked the more he shut down so I had to just catch him in these little moments where he would give me these pieces of information but it wasn't like he just sat down and laid out a map this is who I am this is what it is so it was um and, and a lot of what he said was you know you're not meant to know everything. You're not meant to know everything. And I can't share everything with you. But anyway, so um, I think the most pivotal moment for me, and this was one of those situations where like everything up to this point, for some reason, I just had kind of um, reconciled within myself that you know, maybe it didn't happen. And it's just a weird thing that we do, right? We just want to believe that these things didn't happen. This wasn't real or whatever, because um, it's just not in the realm of normalcy, I guess. <laughs> so, but this, so this happened one night I'm, I'm sleeping. And as usual, he's not sleeping. And it was like three in the morning. And I thought, when is this man coming to bed? Like I, I just and we weren't romantic by the way. This was this was like an incredible friendship, you know. But I'm just just making that clear. But anyway, so I said, when is this come this man coming to bed? And I get up and I'm, you know, sleepy. And I walk through the house and I'm making my way through the kitchen. And I notice that the back porch is open, the porch door. And I open up the porch door all the way and I look outside because that's where he spent a lot of his time, even in the middle of the night. And there in the, my backyard, he's in the middle of the yard and his body is slumped down with his head is down like this. And coming out the back of his head or from what where I could see, These giant tendrils of um, white mist, these giant tendrils, like smoky white mist, and they're extending up into the air like 15 feet in the middle of my yard. (laughs) And um, I just, I just stared at at him, I, I just stared at him for a minute, and then I literally just turned around and closed the door and walked back through the house and laid back down in bed and just I laid there forever, just trying to understand what I had just seen, and eventually I fell asleep <laughs> and. And that was the experience where I knew I was dealing with some buddy or something much greater than just, you know, um, not that the other ones weren't intense, but this was like, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't daydreaming. I wasn't sleepwalking or anything weird. I wasn't, you know, um intoxicated. Like there was nothing. I was just, it, I, it was undeniable. Right. But I got, I was kind of scared, to be honest. And so, um, yeah, I didn't say anything to him. And so we had planned a trip and we were going to visit uh, my family. So this was just a few days after this event. And um, so we went on the trip and we were having this great time and uh, I was young and still drank alcohol then. Right. And um, so we were drinking alcohol and we had gotten back to um, the house and I, you know, me being a little, what do they call it? Liquid courage or whatever. (laughs) So me and my liquid courage at the time, I, I looked at him and I said, I saw you. I saw you in my backyard. And he goes, you did? And I could just see, like, he was excited. He was excited that I was finally bringing it up because it was like, he knew that I knew, but he couldn't bring it up. And you could see it on his face. He was just like super excited that I was bringing it up. And I was like, yeah, I saw you and I said I I know I know you I know you're something. I know something and he was like, "Do you want to see it again?" And I was like, "Yeah, go ahead. You know, I'm drunk and I'm like, yeah, go ahead. I just want to see it again. Do it. You know, let's see, you know." And um and he was like, "Okay." And then I'm looking at him and all of a sudden the background behind him just starts shimmering and waving. And then I realize it, like this shimmering waving. And then I start seeing the tendril smoke coming up out of the behind him. And I freak out. I mean, I just totally lose my, I, I like lose my, I'm, I'm like, ah, and I, I run, I, I'm, I, I go backwards. I'm like, I rip the drapes off of my Um, the windows as I'm trying to get away he's not chasing me by the way I'm just totally like freaked out so I go into the bedroom Um, this is at my family's house by the way and I barricade myself in there with like I move the dresser in front of the door and I'm just like what are you like who are you what are you and and he's like it's just still me, you know? And he's like, I'm sorry, I thought you said you wanted to see. And I'm like, I am I said, I, I don't know who you are. And I start crying and, you know, it was, it was intense. And he's like, oh, he's like, I love you. You know, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you in and, and anyways. So that's when like, he could know, obviously it was open for conversation at that point, right? because there's no more hiding and so I started asking questions you know where are you from and he said I'm from another you know place in the stars and he gave me the name at the time but you know my brain just I can't remember then the actual planet or galaxy or whatever he said but he Gave me the name of it, and what's funny now I know more about like oh, there's Pleiadians and there's like all these I might be able to say now, but I can't remember, and I'm out of communication now with this person. So, um, and then I said, what you know, what are you doing here? And that's when he explained. He said, you know, basically, compared to humans, he's like I was like a god. And compared to, I mean, comparatively to humans, I was like a god, and I misused my power, basically, my powers. And I was sent here as, like, punishment reform, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so he explained that, and that's, like, the extent of what he explained. And he said, I could take you to where I'm from. And, and I was like, how, you know, and he said, well, we have to go when you're sleeping. And I said, okay, you know, again, just a little bit skeptical, you know, and not really believing, but I said, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. And he said, okay, tonight, he's like, when, when you go to sleep, he's like, just think about, you know, traveling with me. And I said, okay, okay. So the next morning I woke up and I could not wait. I, I woke up, I opened my eyes and I was like, Oh, I gotta, you know, and I said, I gotta, I gotta talk to him. And so the two of us, I said, did I, I said, we went and he said, yes. And then I I told him the things and he told me some things and we just confirmed, you know, like all the things. And it was crazy because there's no words. It was like the best way I can describe what I felt and saw was sounds, vibrations. I guess it would be sounds um, made a landscape, and that landscape was made of sound. And it didn't look like our landscape. It didn't look, but there was trees, and there trees and there was hills and there was a sky sort of and it but it was made of sound and colors colors like vibrant colors like colors that you could taste I don't know how else to put it but it's like you could taste the colors you could see the sounds it was like all of the senses that we normally would have here were intertwined into this place And I just remember feeling like this overabundance of joy. And I remember him and I, we not necessarily, I don't remember like a body or, but I just remember feeling like we were just flying around, you know, and, and that's the, that those were some of the memories that I carry with me of that. Although more of the specifics have faded over time, but I won't ever forget that feeling, you know, that I had. So um, and that was the only time that we ever went. Um, and then the last thing that happened was, um, my mom called one day and she said, "You know, I've got some bad news and I have cancer in my leg, and I they think it spread to my lymph nodes, and my mom's been battling cancer for a long, long, long time. And, uh, you know, he's. I said, can you help my mom? You know? And he said, yes, I'll try to help her. And he said, but I'm, you know, she's long distance. It's harder, but I'm going to try to go to her in a dream. And I'll approach her in a dream when she's in a childlike state. And then I said, tell me something that she used to like as a child. And I said, "Um, well, I think she had this like, red radio flyer wagon you know and he said okay he's like I'll I'll bring her a wagon in a dream and it'll be like my way of offering my help to her or something so uh he tried and tried that way and every day he come it, the next day he would be like she just will not take it <laughs> she will not take it from me and he's like i don't know why i don't know she's stubborn she just will not he said we got to go see her so we drove there um with the plan to stay and visit my family for like a week and um anyway so we got there and he kept during this time i noticed one night we were all kind of watching tv and hanging out and stuff and he kept putting his his hand on my mom's leg and um you know, he'd laugh and put his hand on her leg, and da da da. And I, it's funny because later on, I learned that my dad thought he was hitting on her <laughs> the whole time. But you know, obviously. But um, anyway, he he did it just right the right when we first got there. And then the next morning, when I woke up, he was gray. His skin was just gray, and he was. He said, "We have to go now." And I'm like, we just got here. Like, we just drove here yesterday. He's like, we got to go now. And he's like, I got to get away from this. And it's like, as we drove back, it, it, it's a several days drive. I just saw him turn into like this old man in front of my eyes. Like he turned gray, his skin wrinkled. He looked he was just coughing up blood, sneezing up blood, throwing up blood. Um and I just watched him get sicker and sicker and then I drove 24 hours basically to just get back here and then when when we got home he was sick for like I don't know it was a while. It was like 2 weeks of that. And then um he was fine eventually and then my mom called a few weeks later and she said well they did a biopsy and everything is clear and she's like so it's great news you know sorry but so I'm super grateful um Anyway, my relationship with him was, you know, extraordinary, and I don't necessarily exactly understand where he's from, but, you know, uh, and we have fallen out of touch. Um, It ended, our relationship ended with, um, I don't know, him, he got got a, a job somewhere and ended up moving, and then that was it one thing he did tell me though and it's kind of it didn't stick with me at the time but he said this was long before the pandemic right and he said there's gonna be a huge massive population die off there's gonna be a massive death on the on our planet and um a bunch just he's like millions of people are gonna die and he said you play an integral role in that process in helping uplifting people, and I thought, how you know, because at the time I didn't have, I you know I didn't have that many friends. I was pretty isolated, and um, I didn't really think much of it. And then I remember, yeah, you know, I, I just forgot about it. And then I remember during the pandemic. When the pandemic happened, I was—I made the decision. I'm an artist, and I made the decision during that time to start um, teaching free painting classes. I was like, "Well, I'm home," you know. And um, someone in one of my live feeds the the comment said, um, "This this is the only thing keeping me feeling." positive right now and coming to these things is the only thing that's helping me and then all the comments started saying the same thing and it was like all these people you know saying how they were uplifted by it and um and then all of a sudden I remembered what he said is this at that time, I didn't have, you know, any access to a lot of people. And so this was, it was just really a beautiful thing to see that come full circle and understand that we all have, you know, a place and a role in, in, um, in uplifting others or, you know, whatever our work is. And, but that's, that's my story.
1: <laughs> Heather, thank you for sharing your amazing experience with us. If we go back to what you were speaking about earlier. And you were saying he was digging around in your mind. Is there any way that you can explain what that felt like?
0: It's so weird. And and the reason why I knew because it was unlike any feeling I've ever had before. Um, it was, I can't even explain it. I could feel something happening. and And I will say this too. I saw him affect change in a room. One time we were talking to a a group of people and uh, we were, we were trying to get a business idea off the ground. Right. And we were talking to a group of people who were not very excited about what we were talking about. They were very disinterested. And, um, they, we took a break and I went over to him and I'm like, this, this isn't happening. You know, they're not interested in what we're having to say. And he said, don't worry, they will be. And I thought, okay. And then I came back and it was like, I remember feeling something shift, you know? And it's like, uh, because I'm an empath, it's like, I could feel they everybody came back from the break, and then he started talking again, and it was like light bulbs. And I just watched all these people suddenly like on board with what was being said. And I thought, that's the thing. When he did the little mind thing, that's the thing, or an energy push or something. It kind of felt like that. It, it was something. It was a shift. I felt it. So I don't know. But, um, yeah, I watched him affect change in a room in a a few different times.
1: Do you think being human or humanoid was his natural body or it was just something that was created for him while he was here?
0: No. And no, in fact, he told me, um, he said, when I asked him about him coming out of his body in, in my yard, I said, what were you doing? (laughs) You know? And he said, do you have any idea how exhausting it is to try to stay in this space of a body? It's so small. It's so confining. Um, he said, it's just like, I know I'm not supposed to, but I just need to get out of it sometimes. So I definitely feel that no, this was not his natural state at all. (laughs) um but it was the it was like the shell that he was supposed to be in to operate in this world obviously you know
1: did you ever understand or figure out why he came for you i mean
0: no and yes it's like you know how you look at your life and you, you don't necessarily it, well, in the moment, you can't necessarily see what's happening, but you look back on it, and you have more of an understanding, right? So, I mean, I would say I learned so much about myself during that time, as we do with any person that we um, get close to. But it definitely changed my perception of life and reality. Also, it allowed me to continue to be a chef and an artist because I was healed and my wrist was really messed up. Um, and then thirdly, um, he kept my mom around, you know. So, and I don't even know if if it's just that. One time he said he's he said to me, he said, You have such a big heart and you're such a good person. He's like, You deserve, you know, to have healing and love and all of these things and is it was sweet, you know, but I don't, I didn't really take it on. And I don't even know specifically necessarily what that meant, but I just know that it, I mean, it changed me. That whole experience changed my life um, and my thought processes about things. And like I said, I haven't told very many people because it's not the kind of thing that you just run around like people, Um so we'll see, you know, how that goes. But I think it's important that people know that everyday people can have these kinds of experiences and it doesn't, you know, it's it's happening. It's literally happening, even if we're not talking about it,
1: you know. Even though you're not communicating with him anymore, do you ever get any signs that he's at least still on the planet, perhaps in dreams or something?
0: No. It's just a complete disconnect. And also, I just want to point out, he was weird, like as a human person. He he didn't have like normal patterns of behavior. A lot of times it was almost like he was imitating patterns of behavior. So it wouldn't surprise me that I didn't feel anything else from him because it was almost like he was inserted into my life for this little moment and then moved on to the next person or the next mission or whatever the thing is it was like you know that's it so i don't i don't feel anything i don't have any signs Mm-mm.
1: do you think he's still here
0: yeah yeah for sure hmm. and i think i mean i just just not for me anymore
1: I'm assuming that he must have been under some type of rules that he really wasn't allowed to explain anything to you unless you asked.
0: I got that impression. And, and when I, when I asked for my, for my mom, my mom's healing, um, she called and it's like, I just remember that moment where I I looked at him and I was pleading with my heart, please help my mom. But he literally said, you have to ask. Mm. And so I think that that was part of it for sure. Like I definitely had to ask the questions. I definitely had to ask for help.
1: I've been asking that I hope one of these beings will eventually come on and be my guest. So I hope he witnesses this and decides to, sh- to make an appearance.
0: I think the fear is to, you know, nobody wants to end up being like a a lab rat, right? So there's always that fear of being captured and studied by our government or whatever. And like um, you know, having listened to some of your other guests, I know that that does happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe that's one of the fears
1: Judging from your reaction when you first realized, you know, that he wasn't human and you, you know, ran into the room and locked the door, do you think that's why aliens don't reveal themselves to us because the public just can't handle it?
0: Uh, (laughs) I mean, sure. I, I mean, sure. And I feel like I'm a pretty open minded person you know, I have seen ghosts, I have seen them in as a child, I've seen them as an adult, I've astral traveled, I have, um, like I said, I'm an empath, like there's a lot of things about me that are fairly open minded. But nothing can necessarily prepare you for that. And, of course, I think when when I should say when I don't know personally when but I think when it comes time and um you know the government finally is like okay you know here they are here we are here's the cameras here's the aliens here's the like it when it all is actually becomes revealed then people are going to have to start dealing with it you know and um and And then that'll be a totally different scene. But in in the case where we are now, where most people, most of us aren't dealing with that on a regular daily basis. Of course, it's just totally mind boggling. And the thing is, is I wouldn't think I would be somebody that would freak out. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You Mm -hmm. know, like even ghosts and stuff I, and, or I've even talked to my dad past and I ended up using a medium and talking to my father and, So I'm pretty open-minded, but I just can't explain how beyond imagination it is, you know? So, yeah, you just can't be prepared for that.
1: I think a lot of people would say that you are one of the luckiest people on the planet. Do you feel that way?
0: I never thought of it like that. Um, Wow. I, I always think about other people and i think wow you're so lucky to have had that experience i guess i could be considered really lucky but i think what's happening is we all have these experiences all the time maybe not as vividly um obvious as the one that i've had but i think that we're always dealing with other beings um Because we just, and we just don't know it. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, maybe I am lucky, but also don't discount, you know, your own experiences in your own life. All those little things that you think, well, that was a funny coincidence. Or that was a, did I just really see that? Because, I mean, that happens. I've seen shadow people and that that happens where you see, you know, out of the corner of your eye, you'll see somebody walk across the room or you'll see. I mean, those things are real. Those things happen. And we are all just, you know, we are all witness to it. But do we actually believe it? Do we actually take it in? You know, I'm not any more special than any other person. You know, we're all the same.
1: Since you've lived with him, do you feel like you have the ability to recognize other ETs walking around the planet? And if so, have you seen any? Um,
0: That's an interesting question. I think I've looked, I've looked now, like it did make me have an awareness that I didn't have before. So I definitely find myself looking for signs of things that aren't normal but um, I can't say that I've ever had any other experiences exactly like that one or that I've been able to identify any other beings specifically, you know. But I will say um, I can feel when some a person is elevated. I can feel when their energy is elevated or unfortunately the other way too. Um, but I think that's just more of a honing of, my empathic abilities
1: did you ever tell your parents that he's an et i
0: told eventually eventually i told my dad passed so no i never told him but eventually i did tell my parent my mom and i told her that that's how her cancer went away and please don't go contacting my mom (laughs) i'm not not no not you but just anybody like um but I think I think she I don't know if she believed it Mm. I you know she she might think that I'm just kind of kooky or whatever um but the proof is there so I don't know
1: Did he ever discuss with you why his body becomes so sickly when he heals people?
0: Um, No, it's just apparent that he takes it on. I mean, you can just, you could just see it. He just takes it on and then processes it. And I, he said, one thing he did say about that, he said, I can't do it all the time. He said, I don't, I, I he'd said one time when he first realized that that was part of you know what he was doing he was doing it all the time and it almost killed him and it almost killed this physical body and so he said you know it's not something that he can do all the time so um but yeah clearly clearly he takes it on and if it's something smaller like my wrist he was only sick for like a day or two and then um like my mom he was sick for a couple of weeks
1: did he ever discuss how he got to this planet
0: it's a terrible analogy but this is literally what he said and i hate repeating it because it sounds so silly but he said it's like imagine a god picked you up and drop kicked you somewhere and that's what he said he said it's like i really had no choice it was like a god picked me up and said, this is what you're doing, and drop kicked me here, and said, you're on punishment. And that's the most he ever explained about that.
1: Did you ever witness him communicating with any other ETs?
0: No. Mm-mm. No, I didn't. Um, never had that experience with him. Mm-mm.
1: What do you find inspiring about your relationship with him?
0: Inspiring? Oh, gosh. Well, for one thing, it confirmed what I always knew all along, which is we are not alone. (laughs) That is insane to think that we would be the only intelligent life forms or semi-intelligent or finally intelligent life forms in in the whole of the universe that's crazy. I mean, think of how vast the universe is. I remember uh growing up thinking, you know, and I think that was really common um like I'm 50 and I think in you know my age and younger, we grew up really thinking that we were the center of the universe. You know, and and there was something about that that just never sat right with me. I just couldn't fathom it you know i look out at the stars and i'm like but if there's planets out there and there's universes out there how can we be the only ones it just didn't ever make sense so the most inspiring thing would just be that it was a confirmation for me the you know it and it's like not to go off on it but i feel this way when i listen to your show because it's such a confirmation of the knowing of the knowledge of the things that we already know as humans, right? Like the fact that we're all connected, the fact that we are all little pieces of, of a bigger entity. And we are here um, to grow and to learn, like all of, we are not separate. That is an illusion that this reality is an illusion. Like all of these things, I feel um, like just validation for my own, remembrances. And I guess that's really what I got from living with him too. Just, okay. I knew that, (laughs) you know, I knew that was the truth and, and, and I got, I, I got to actually have it confirmed.
1: If you called out to him in some way, do you think he would answer you?
0: That's a good question. I should try. (laughs) I haven't, I really haven't, I don't even know. I don't know. I Maybe. If he's still here.
1: Can you tell us how it wound up that he just moved into your apartment or house? Like, what was that conversation like?
0: It was crazy. Uh, it was like one of those situations because he was living with his uh, brother at the time. And it was just one of those situations where we we talked that night that we had met and then the next day it was like, do you want to hang out? Yeah. And then we hang out. And then, do you want to hang out? Yeah. And then, do you want to hang out? Yeah. And it just kept doing this until like a few weeks later it was, it was like, do you want to just stay? And he was like, yeah, okay. Let's, uh let's stay. I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. And I'm like, okay. And then that's just it. And then it was a year. It, it just was like that. I mean, it. I've never had another experience like that before. I mean, yeah, it was so natural and so easy. It was like, it wasn't even a question. And I was also at a time in my life too, where I think I was needing that too, because I had just gotten divorced. I was, um, you know, on my own as an adult for the first time too. So he was really, he provided me with a lot of comfort and support.
1: Did you ever meet his brother?
0: Yeah, I did.
1: Do you think mm-hmm. it was a, another ET or just, or what was he?
0: No, <laughs> no he was just a normal dude. And um, yeah, his brother, I don't even know if his brother knew. Um, I asked him one time, I said, who knows? And he said, well... His mom, of course, knew because she came into his room um, as a child and he was floating up out of his crib. And he said that she used to have to tie him down, tie his leg to his crib. So um, she knew. And then he said a hand, handful of people, people that he got really close to over the years, knew so, but he said, and then some people could see it. He did tell me that actually, I remember now he said, um, he said, yeah, he's like one time I was walking down the street and this lady just walked by, by me and she turned around and I I realized that she could see me, like she could see the thing in me or whatever. And, and would people just couldn't really put their finger on it, you know, or whatever. He said, there's some people that could see him and that I couldn't, I mean, probably people who could see interdimensionally or vibrationally, I guess. But, um,
1: yeah. So that's interesting. I expected him to come here on a ship or something, but he incarnated here into a Mm -hmm. body.
0: That's what I understand. And all the way from the time he was a baby.
1: Have you ever painted him?
0: No, but you know it's funny this interview process and preparing mentally for this interview has been a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. And um it's made me remember uh cuz I don't this is not a story I tell very often. I mean rarely. Maybe five times I've told this. So in thinking about my situation with him and everything, I've been feeling the little urge to paint um, what I saw in the yard. It's been like in, on the back of my mind. I feel myself like mulling over that in my head. I'm an, I'm not really a portrait artist. I'm an abstract artist, but I can see what that what those tendrils look like. And I could see what that would look like on canvas to me. (laughs) So no, I haven't done it. um, But it's definitely been, this has been maybe an impetus. Maybe it'll be an impetus for it.
1: Do you think you could paint the world that you went to when you astral traveled?
0: Yes. And it wouldn't be anything like what I saw because there were so many senses involved, like taste and tasting colors and, Hearing sc- sights and like, I just don't even believe I could capture what the feeling was. There's just a feeling too. And oh, the sound, just the sound there. I can't even explain. It's like nothing I've ever heard before. Um, so, yes, I could try to paint it, and then I'm not sure it would translate either.
1: Are you still giving free painting classes?
0: I do. Um, yeah, I mean, I do lives on my YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and I do one of my things I've realized one of my goals in life is to inspire other people to feel good, you know, and if, and if it's through art, then it's through art. If it's through music, it's through music. I used to teach music, um, And I'm also a chef, so I feed people. And I just think that's just one of the things in my life that I find incredibly joyful is to inspire others just to feel good about something. And so, yeah, I do teach. um, And some of them are free. Some of them are paid. (laughs) Because we all have to make a living, you know. But yeah.
1: Do you have an example of your art that you can show us?
0: Um, I do have, this is, just I do a lot of different kinds but here's an example of um some of the uh work that I've done
1: when it's abstract I guess it's up to the eye of the beholder like for me I feel like I can see a bird in there
0: it could be a bird it could be for me like this piece specifically just is about movement and color and and you know um this could end up being a background too for something cuz I'm a an, I do all kinds of different work, so that could end up being the background to a collage or you know and you know any I do mixed media so you just never know and if something sits around too long and it doesn't sell mm-hmm. I end up changing it
1: oh, so, well.
0: nothing is safe like no piece of art is safe unless it's hung on the wall really <laughs> and then after that i will just all start looking at it and getting little ideas so
1: that's great that you're able to earn a living from it do you like well, put your art up like in galleries or do they, you sell it online or what
0: most of my art sells through my facebook page and my youtube channel and my website um just social media basically. Mm -hmm. But I I don't, I have only been in a couple galleries. I haven't really focused that actually I started painting just like four years ago. So I haven't been really painting professionally for Mm -hmm. that long.
1: Sometimes I'll be at like at a coffee shop or someplace and you'll see like people's artwork up for sale on the wall. Do you ever Mm -hmm. do that?
0: I would love to do that. And I think what happened is I started painting in 2019 and then, you know, what happened. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So the whole world kind of shut down for a while. And then after that, I never, I just hadn't really picked that part up yet, but I, I would love to be in coffee shops and things like that. Um, We'll see what happens. You know, I really like teaching. And so that's really been my focus is teaching um, other people to, to create so they mm-hmm. can feel inspired.
1: That piece that you showed me was real colorful do you like to do a lot of stuff with lots of bright colors like that?
0: I do and it's weird because I'm like my home is fairly dark I really love black I like to wear a lot of black and I but it's I guess my art is an expression of that part of me that I don't express in other ways maybe um, hmm. like I've never been a, for example I'm not a pink person okay but would you know that mm-hmm. <laughs> right I'm not a pink person I really have never been into pink or anything like that but there's a I, I just love really vibrant colors and um, paint is oh my gosh I love seeing paint mixing and I do fluid art too so I just love I, I love big vibrant colors for sure
1: as an empath Do you think that you could somehow translate or put feelings into the paintings?
0: Absolutely. And if you, uh, it's funny because I do it with my food. Um, I can do it with my paintings. I do it with teaching pretty much anything I do. There's, you know, when people say I put my heart into it, um that's a real thing. It's a real thing for all of us, you know, but people will say over and over, I got your work and I feel something when I look at it. I feel an emotion, or and there's a lot of times I'll be having an emotional time in my life for one reason or another, and I'll paint something and it resonates through the painting. You can see it, you can feel it, I can, and other people too. Um, and it's the same with my food. Like when I'm cooking, I'm a chef as well. And when I'm, when I'm cooking for people, I try to, um, make sure I'm in a positive space, <laughs> not just for the, you know, the fact that I don't want to, that I'm to, not to burn or ruin anything, but really it, there's an energy that goes into everything that we do everything. And it's, it, you know, I don't know if you, have you ever seen, um, messages in water I think
1: so. I mean, maybe some of the research on it, at least,
0: yeah, so I mean, it's it's there. all everything that we do has an energy and it goes into the things that we do. and it it changes, literally changes the pattern of, you know, the results. So um, and I believe that, yeah, I believe it absolutely can can affect. I, I mean, I I feel like I've affected rooms of people as well just by opening my heart space.
1: After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you up for that?
0: Sure, I'm absolutely up for that. I mean, um, and I am pretty much reachable all over social media. Heather Mader Art. I mean, my YouTube channel is Heather Mader Art. Instagram, Facebook um or my email address
1: <laughs> Back to your alien friend did he ever mention any other races of ETs
0: Not really like I said information getting information from him was like pulling teeth It was so challenging and it's almost like I well like I used to ask him to predict the future mm. <laughs> Because I know he could, I know he could see things in the future. And, um, every now and again, it's like, he would forget and he would say something that was going to happen and then it did happen. And, you know, so I knew that that was part of it. One time I got him to, uh, but no, not, not other races or anything, but I, I knew that there was gifts he had that he wasn't sharing with me and information that he had that he wasn't sharing with me.
1: Well, you're definitely a talented artist. You've had an amazing experience, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing with us today. And before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message?
0: Don't forget that we are all connected. We are not separate. I think that is a huge piece of our society that's keeping us um in, in a stagnant place. I mean, um, every time I look at someone, whether it's, you know, a, someone that's laying in a gutter to the preacher, to a doctor, to an old woman, to, you know, um, the, the little kid sliding down the slide for the first time in a state of joy. Don't forget that you are those people. You are them. We are each other. And so, you know, choosing to remember that piece and living your life like that every day, it helps you make choices on how you treat other people, because it's not just um, how you treat other people, is how you're treating yourself. So be kind, <laughs> be loving, be open. Don't judge others less you're judging yourself, you know. Um be kind to yourself, love yourself. Try to um, you know, I know it sounds just really generic, but it's absolutely it's just, it's the best advice I could give to any human. And um just don't forget. That's we're all we're all one.
1: Heather, thank you for that advice and thank you for being my guest. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast.